literary slummers to another episode of Hate Read, the first episode of the Hate Read Slummer Spectacular, uh, Slummer Reading. <laughs> we are reading the Animorph series by K.A. Applegate. I am one of your hosts, Em. And I'm another of your hosts, Anna. Ooh, we just did like our weird, that's our 12 months intro. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Let me do the different. No, it's fine. I'm M. And I'm another one of your morphs, Anna. <laughs> Can I please say I'm one of your morphs? Can that be I'm one of your morphs, one? yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of your morphs, M. And I'm another of your morphs, Anna. Uh, this fortnight, oh, we... <laughs> this fortnight, we read the first book in the Animorphs series, which is a 54-book long series. It's a lot of books. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We're going to get to them all. Yes. Oh, hopefully. I can't I can't live with myself if I don't read all of them. Entitled The Invasion. Who is invading mm-hmm. what? Guess you'll have to stick around to find out. And how and why? Why is a good question. Though I guess they do explain it, but it seemed kind of weak sauce to me. And also it's been ongoing, right? Like it actually doesn't really start in this book, right? Or does it? I no, know. I think it like starts previous to this book. They're just like informed about yeah, it yeah, in yeah. this book. So Right. Yeah. So it should really be more like Animorphs number one, the information. <laughs> the informing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but since this is our first ever Animorphs episode. Oh my god. I said be... the informing, but like informing is a word. <laughs> It is, but I didn't want to correct you. This is fine. We're off to a great start. It's the summer. I don't have to think about words and smart junk. Um, since this is our first Animorphs episode, we thought we should give a little context into the Animorphs phenomenon, I guess, and our relationship with our friends, the Animorphs. Our best friends. So The Animorphs, if you are not aware, is a series by K.A. Applegate, as I kind of already said. Um, And it started when, like, the 90s? Yes, this came out in 1996. And the show was, like, 1998. And it was a Scholastic series, which I know because my relationship with the Animorphs was seeing an Animorphs novel at every Scholastic book fair. That's how I came across them as well. (laughs) Of course, of course. My problem, though, was that Mm -hmm. I could never find the first book. They didn't have it at the library, and they never seemed to be selling it at any of the aforementioned uh, book fairs. So, like, anytime I saw one and I was like, oh, cool, it's a book about a person who turns into an animal. I want to read it. But then I'd be like, oh, but I haven't read the first one. And I don't really know how necessary it is to read them in order. I kind of get the sense, having read this one, that maybe it's not super necessary. Yeah. Um, Having said that, I have, up to this point, never read an Animorphs book, never watched the show. Excellent. I um, came across a series the same way that Em did at a Scholastic Book Fair. I was lucky enough to snag the first book in the series, but I think the only ones I ever owned because I would get them from the library and I probably did read them out of the or- out mm-hmm. of order because I was a dumb kid. But the only books I owned were this one, the first one, The Invasion. One of the like offshoot series books told from the perspective of one of, I think it was one of the Andalites or one of the Hork-Bajir or whatever. And then 
the one mm-hmm. where the boy is turning into a polar bear on the cover. And I don't know which one that is. So, all right. So this is the first one. So let's get into it. Okay. So this book is told from uh, the perspective of Jake. And so one of the cool things, one of the super cool things about the Animorphs series is that each book is told from the perspective of another one of the teens. Man, no other book series has ever done that ever. No, none, ever. And you know what? I bet they none. all don't sound exactly alike. <laughs> <laughs> let's real quick before we, we get into, I guess, further into the plot, let's say the teens and what their personality is. Because I think if I had yes. to break it down at this point as a person who had never read the series before, this is what I've taken away. We've got Jake, who's the leader, I guess, just based solely on the fact that his book is the first one. Mm-hmm. Marco, Jake's best friend, who is the scaredy cat. And the comedic comedic relief. Okay. Cassie, who is the girl. Rachel, who is the other girl. And (laughs) we have, no, we have peacekeeper girl and girl not like other girls. (laughs) I know that one of the girls is into animals, but although they said it 18 times, I could not tell you which one that is. Okay. And the other one is Jake's cousin, but that does not seem to be the case with the way that he describes her. Oh, I was talking about how pretty she is. And then we've got Tobias, who is the sad one. <laughs> He's like the weird loner one. I I do want, since we're on this topic, to, to uh, real quick just read a segment from this book in which both Cassie and Rachel are introduced. Please do. Yeah. So we've got, I'm going to omit the names for now. Um, girl is kind of pretty, I guess. I mean, okay, she's very pretty. I don't really think about her that way. She has blonde hair and blue eyes and that kind of very clean, very wholesome look. She's one of those people who always knows the right clothes to wear and how to look like they just walked out of one of those fashion magazines girls like. She's also very graceful because she takes gymnastics, even though she says she's too tall to ever really be good at it. And then the other (laughs) description... She's sort of the opposite. For one thing, she's usually wearing jeans and a plaid shirt or something else real casual. She's black and wears her hair very short most of the time. She had it longer for a while, but then she went back to short, which I like. She's quieter than the other girl, more peaceful. Like, she always understands everything on some different, more mystical level. Which of those do you think this guy wants to fuck? (laughs) I mean... I know the answer, um, but we'll give a couple minutes for the audience to chime in. Because if you guess the first one was his cousin and the second one was his love interest, you are far, far better at picking up cues than me, I guess. Because I was like, are you, are you sure that's your cousin? Did you, yeah, um, did you mix them up? <laughs> uh, no, he just really admires Rachel's beauty. Maybe because he's like, mm, mm. I'm also good looking because we're related. And that's how I'm going to talk to you about how good looking I am. Maybe. <laughs> I also feel like maybe the author was like, oh, I don't want him to describe his love interest as being beautiful or whatever. I want him to focus on her like um, personality because otherwise it's creepy. So it's fine if he describes his cousin as that because obviously he doesn't want to hook up with his cousin. It's his cousin. But <laughs> like... I don't know. 
I just feel like, I mean, like, I appreciate that you don't want him to be like, yeah, this other girl was super hot and banging and I wanted to make out with her because we're children. So actually, I didn't want to fuck her because that was, you know, (laughs) probably not the case because we're like 11 or something. Um, I don't know how old they are. (laughs) How old are they? they, I don't, it never says. I guess they're 11. I thought they were teenagers. Are they teens? I did not think they were teens. Middle grade. I don't know. I... Well, here's here's the only info about their age that I gathered from this book was that we know that Tom, the big brother, is a total legend or was a total legend on the junior high basketball team, and now he's the main scorer for the high school team. Oh, shit. So everyone expects Jake to make the team easy, but he didn't. So I don't know if the team he's referring to is the high school or junior high one, but I assumed it was the junior high one. Mm. Well, Wikipedia, the Wikipedia entry for this book calls them young teenagers. So maybe let's say 13, like eighth grade. Okay. That's kind of, you know, I can, I can settle for that. Although I really think they're sixth graders, but (laughs) they look like sixth graders on the covers of the original books. If you look, they look very, yeah. I would also like to give a shout out to the, um, whoever it is that's editing the Wikipedia entries for each of the Animorphs books, they did a bang up job. They've got like a full plot summary. They've got like inconsistencies in in the books. And then they have a list of the characters, what morphs they acquired in the book and then what morphs they used. Man, they did some, this is a very good job. The Animorphs fandom, the Phanomorphs, if you will, are (laughs) very active still, I guess. (laughs) I love it. So we'll get into the plot then, which won't be very substantial, but you know, it was a quick read. Um, so Jake and Marco hanging out at the mall. They run into Rachel, Cassie, and then randomly Tobias, and they all decide to walk home together. And they decide to take a shortcut through this, like, I guess just an empty lot or a construction, like where construction was happening. And their parents told them a thousand million times, don't do it, but they did it because they're rebellious young teenagers (laughs) and as they are walking through this construction site an alien spaceship lands before them and this Mm -hmm. horse looking alien comes out as one does and he's like hey guys want to become animorphs i'm dying (laughs) but he tells them a little bit more he's like hey guys i know i'm the first alien to come to the planet earth and that you guys are a bunch of teenagers, but you got to trust me that some of the people on this planet are being controlled by tiny slugs in their brains. And that's mm-hmm. a very bad thing. You're, I'm going to give you guys, you guys go on my spaceship and get my magic box. And if we all touch it at the same time, you can become any animal that you touch. This is the Animorph origin story. <laughs> I am very confused by this and perhaps you as an animorph expert can explain it to me Uh a little more Uh 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 what's happening i don't (laughs) (laughs) i don't understand i think the only way to i think the only way it makes sense to me is that Mm -hmm. the box is a hard drive and when they all okay. touch it with their bodies, their bodies become computers that download the software to become anamorphs because they explain it as technology. Right. So it's not magic. But it's like a magic power. Okay. So I guess my question here uh-huh, uh-huh. is 
are there any, and this is, this isn't going to be relevant right now, but it's going to become relevant later when we get into theories. Are there any limiting factors that we know of right now on who can become, and I mean, they come up with the name Animorphs, but who can become, who can get this power to morph into other beings? Are there, is there any limitations besides you Mm -hmm. have to touch the box with your body while another, while one of these, what are they called? Andalites. And Andalites. Well, one of these Andalites touches the box. Is that the only rule? I think the only people that can morph naturally are Andalites. Are Andalites. Because they're the only ones with the technology. Okay. But then I think they can, apparently, well, I think this was like a very um, no-no thing for the prince to, oh, spoiler alert, it's a prince. Uh, Yeah. um, He's an Andalite prince named Elfangor. He, I think this was a very no-no thing for him to do was to give the technology Mm -hmm. to outsiders because they want to keep the morphing abilities in the hands of the Andalites because it is apparently the secret power to defeating the Yerks. I think this answers my question and I think this, aliens, this uh, tracks with my current theory on this series. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I can't wait to hear it. All right. So they, um, they're told about the Yerks. They're like, all right, guys, I guess it's up to us to save the Earth. But, like, okay. They, none of them at all are terrified by this alien, even Marco the Wimp. They're all like, all right, man, let's accept these powers. Let's touch this weird glowing cube. No stranger danger here. Well, I think that's explained, because <laughs> this also leads into my theory. I think it's explained, uh-huh. because I think that they see him and they're instantly calmed by him. So I think there is some sort of natural charisma that Andalites have. I find mm. it very suspicious and I will get I into it too. later. Because, well, oh, I was, was kind of going to talk about it now, but like he's over here talking about mind control slugs, mm-hmm. yeah. but he's also influencing their emotions with his brain. Yep. Yep, it's weird. It's weird how that's working out, isn't it? Anyway, uh, so the prince was like the last survivor of uh, this battle that happened up in space between the Andalites and the Yerks and the controllers, who is what... The controllers are what they call the people that are being controlled by Yerks, which doesn't make sense, because shouldn't they should be the controlee? I think it just sounds better. Yeah. They knew that... People were going to podcast about this. They knew. Back in 1996. (laughs) The people that were chasing the prince finally catch up to him, and they eat him. And Mm -hmm. the teens are almost discovered, but they they manage to outrun aliens and adults alike. Yeah. The next morning... They, like, all go to bed, and then I guess, like, the next morning, they all want to pretend it didn't happen, except Tobias, who was, like, super gung-ho about being an Animorph, because he, like, stuck around a little bit. I think Animal Girl is into it, too, because she's, she loves by the animals. time we catch back up to her, she's, like, perfect at being a horse, which, okay. <laughs> her, her horse skills are A+. Plus. I would give her yeah. a gold medal in horse. Such mane, beautiful tail. <laughs> So, yeah, so Tobias and Cassie are super into this idea of becoming animals. Everyone else was, like, going to ignore it and pretend it didn't happen. But Tobias goes over to Jake's house and is like, look what I can do. And he turns into a cat. And then Jake turns into his dog. But they discover a problem, Mm -hmm. which is that when you are an animal, because you've just copied their DNA, that means that, like, you don't just become the animal physically, you also have 
kind of become the animal mentally. So you're having to fight off the impulses of an animal the whole time. Which this leads to another question I have about this series. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, well, it's a bit, it's a bit later. Tobias has copied an animal that was injured and Jake is like, well, why aren't you injured in your morph? Mm-hmm. Marco responds, Jake, do you pay any attention in biology class? DNA has nothing to do with some injury. The DNA wasn't broken, just a wing. Um, which that's cool. That makes yeah. sense. That tracks. But then, like, also, they have the animal's memories, I think. Like, okay, like, Tobias definitely, like, two seconds later knows what the hawk was thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like a memory or he was talking to the hawk, but also when Jake turns into the dog, he like smells another dog and is like, oh, I recognize that dog smell. So that to me implies they have the animal's memories. Yes, I agree. Which is not... That's not part of DNA. Yeah, so question mark? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe K.A. Applegate will go on to later explain how they are also absorbing the memories of the animals they touch. I'm going to need a lot more info on how exactly this whole deal works yes. if I'm going to fully buy into this uh, magical land K.A. Applegate has created for I'm going to have to look it up on Google Scholar and see what the, what, the, uh, what the research suggests. So Tobias is like, Jake, you're our leader. No one else will become an Animorph if you aren't there to become an Animorph. So Jake's like, all right, let's get the gang together. And this is another question mm-hmm. I have about this series. Yes. Yeah. Why is Jake the leader? What's the He's deal? obviously the coolest and most athletic of them all, Em. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't. I don't, know. I don't, I don't like understand. very bold about that. Because, like, it's established earlier in the book, Tobias is not in their friend group. He's a weirdo. And, and I, yeah. I mean to say weirdo. I was like, they think he's a weirdo. I mean, I kind of think he's a weirdo, too. But it's okay to be weird. But J- Tobias talks to Jake like you're our leader like he knows him so well it makes sense in the sense that Jake is the linchpin of the group like uh-huh. Jake is friends with Marco so he brings Marco in and he's kind of friends with Tobias more than anyone mm-hmm. else is and then his cousin is one of the girls and she's friends with the other one so like I get that in uh-huh. that sense of like oh he has to call them all up just because he's kind of the He's the f- the friend who's throwing the party, and you might not know the other friends at the party, but, like, maybe you'll get along. Like, that sort of deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I just wouldn't use the term leader. No. Like, and I feel like that's what this is leading, like, this is going towards, and I just don't, I don't know if I buy Jake as a character who is capable of leading anything. <laughs> um, is it just because he's 13 or because he's... <laughs> actually lacks the characteristics I don't know I just feel like I no I think he actually lacks any sort of strong (laughs) opinion or like like everybody else seems to have opinions about stuff right like Marco is like no we definitely shouldn't do this because it is I will die and I don't want to die like (laughs) my dad will die if I die um Cassie's like Cassie I think is like I do want to do this because horses, which like, that's not a great opinion, but it is an opinion. Um, Tobias, he's like, I want to do this because my home life sucks. And I think the best way to handle that is not through therapy, but through becoming a bird, which like also not the best opinion, but does take a strong, like a strong stance at least. Um, 
Jake right now is the guy rolling up to the debates. Like, I'm sure I'll come up with the policies at some point. And I just don't vote know if anyway. we should vote for him. Um, I think maybe to... He's the Jon Snow of this, yes. right? He doesn't want the leadership, but that makes him the best leader. That's not a good qualification <laughs> for a leader. I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> we have a lot of feelings oh, about the last Jesus. season of Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> also, we don't know. Just to be clear, we're, we're recording this in advance, so we're not really sure how that whole thing is going to break oh, true, bad. Like, true, true. Where Jon's going to end up. But um, so we may be more or less salty about it by the time this comes. <laughs> Maybe out. we'll keep you updated in a couple more episodes if the, if the analogy continues. Yeah. Um, my thinking maybe is that perhaps because Tobias is already so super into being an animal, his mind was just mm-hmm. like, Jake is the biggest and strongest of us. He's clearly the leader. Now yeah. I'm gonna smell his butt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that seems. <laughs> That seems likely. I think that's the best explanation we're going to get. <laughs> so the kids all decide to meet at Cassie's farm because Cassie is con- conveniently has access to every animal in the world because mm-hmm. her parents live, they own like a wildlife rescue and also her mom is a vet at the zoo. So look, they can touch all of the animals. Look, I know this is a huge, huge, huge hand wave for us to uh, be able uh. to have access to all the animals, but I am very thankful that the author did not make us sit through like eight books of them turning into fucking pigeons or whatever. Cause <laughs> that would have been miserable. Yes. It's, it's one of those really good convenient circumstances. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, yes, I think it's a little bit bullshit, but I will allow it because I don't want to have to sit through 10 books of children turning into roly poly bugs exactly. because they just do not have access to other animals. <laughs> They can't get to the tigers and elephants. <laughs> Not until they age and can drive themselves. So it's like three right. years of story here. They go to meet at Cassie's farm there and some stuff happens. That's not super important. They talk about it a lot. And Marco's still like, no, I don't want to do it. And, and Tobias and Rachel are both like, we super have to do it. And Cassie's mm-hmm. like, I just want to be a horse guys. So um, Cassie shows off her cool morphing abilities. Cause previously like Tobias and Jake could morph. Uh, but they turned up to be naked at the end of it. Um, Cassie can yeah. keep her clothes on as long as they're super tight. Which again, that's that's a re- weird mm-hmm. rule. Like I don't understand how how are uh, yeah why what like, I don't I don't understand that either. I like it's not like it was a Hulk thing. Yeah, like thank you for not making us sit through like several books of. But I mean, she still kind of does, right? Like we still have all these moments of like the kids being like, "Oh, don't look at me, I'm naked," or like, "Oh, thank goodness we didn't yeah. have to see her boobies." Like, okay, like I don't know. I need I need either more explanation on why this works, or like just cut it out entirely, right? Like, yeah, like let's just not even let let them keep their clothes. Yeah. Unless it's going to be a huge plot point later on that they end up naked. Probably. Somewhere. Probably is. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Um, they, uh, they're a series of events. They're questioned by a police officer who's like, we're looking for some kids who were at the construction site last night. Because the running narrative in the newspaper is that some people thought they saw a alien spaceship land in the construction site, but it turns out it was just teenagers with fireworks. So the police mm. officer's like, were you the kids that did the fireworks or do you know who they are? And of course they all lie. 
But then they discover, they can just tell, I guess, that the police officer is a controller. Also, later on, some other bullshit happens, but they find out that Jake's older brother, Tom, is also a controller. And he wants Jake to join his special club called The Sharing, which, yes, it's it's like as creepy as it sounds. (laughs) But also slightly less creepy because they definitely like have picnics on the beach and play volleyball so that part was nice yeah it's it was very like it screamed to me like very um like cult beginnings like we're gonna have all these fun activities for all you teenagers that feel like you don't belong with your social group but what was their advertising campaign that they convinced a bunch of teenagers to show up to something called the sharing i feel like maybe some of them they just kind of like brute forced it right and like kidnapped them and put the worms in their Uh ears and then maybe like Mm -hmm. those kind of the way this works is when the worms are in their ears they still have full access to the other ones to the to their host's memory and stuff right because like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. tom knows who jake is even when he is wormied perhaps a couple of them were like a little bit more kidnappy and then those use their knowledge of their friends and loved ones and assistant principals to like <laughs> trick them into joining. I can, I, yeah, I, I guess they would have to, but they just must make it sound so much cooler than it is. <laughs> it just sounds. I like- don't know if I was like a sixteen-year-old and someone was like, "Hey, man." I'm part of this club. It's called the sharing and we play volleyball. Like I'd be like, oh, okay, what was it called? Oh, it's called. Uh, I didn't hear you. Well, we play volleyball. Okay. And we eat hot dogs on the beach. Come to our hot dog volleyball club. What was it called, Melissa? Do you like slugs? <laughs> so yes, they also discover that their assistant principal is uh, a human controller and he's also the leader of the sharing club. Um, so, you know, because they are young, mm-hmm. young, young teens in school, they have to have like a villain that's at the school. It's not even the principal. It's the assistant principal. Yeah. And they kept having all of these moments before this where they're being chased and whatever. And it's like, it's a voice that I recognize and I can't place. And then finally they see the principal and they're like, oh, it's assistant, the assistant principal. That's who the voice was. And I'm like, right, cool. But like. We had we as the audience hadn't met the assistant principal before this, yeah. so this wasn't like a big twist to us. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> okay, it's a guy that we don't know. Like before, it was a guy that we didn't know, and now it's a guy that we still don't know. So, like, I guess nothing has changed for me, the reader. But I'm glad you had this epiphany. <laughs> also, like, either these kids are like really cool and get in trouble a lot, or super nerdy and just like to hang out in the principal's office. Because I couldn't even tell you what my assistant principal looked like, let alone sounded like. (laughs) Oh, see, I could have because, like, our assistant principals were more hands-on than the principal. Mm. Like, they were, like, there was, like, an assistant principal for each grade level. So that was kind of, like, the person that was around a lot for, like, rallies and things like that. So Mm. I guess it just depends on the structure of your school. And whether or not they're yerks. Yeah. And how much the author needs to save the actual principal to be a villain later on in the series, because I am going to guess that that is going to happen. <laughs> the bigger bad. <laughs> it's revealed that the every three days, the Yerks need to leave their human hosts' brains and take a little dip in a pool to replenish their Yerky powers. Um, and mm-hmm. so 
the Animorphs decide that they need to find out where this pool is so that they can, I guess, I don't really know what their plan is. Like, were they going to go in and be like, all right, we're going to stomp on some slugs in three days? Or were they just like, we're going to save the people, but leave the slugs there to invade new minds? (laughs) No, I think they wanted to destroy the pool. Because I think in their minds, Mm. they thought it was like a small thing that they could maybe Uh like, I don't know, like get some sandbags and just like fill it up. (laughs) And then it wouldn't be a problem anymore. (laughs) Reverse shop back it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's probably true. They probably thought this was a lot more smaller scale than it actually was. But Jake morphs into a little tiny lizard at school. Like, he climbs into his locker and he turns into a lizard. This was my favorite line of this book because, okay, so there's a line in this book that is so weirdly written Uh that I, like, stopped and looked at that and because of that, I, like, ended up nitpicking. So there's a line in this book where the first part is... Um, when he's saying he turns into a lizard, he says, I turned into a lizard, a green anole to be exact. It's a member of the iguana family. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't know. But then the next part of the line is so buck wild to me that I like stopped and looked at that line. And then I was like, wait, isn't anole a member of the iguana family? It's not. Um, oh, it's a member of the same like genus as iguanas, but uh, it's the same sub suborder as iguanas, but it's a different family. Like the the anoli, f- it's Dactylidae, I think is how it's pronounced. But that's like a separate family than the iguana family. I would never have even thought to like look at that at all if it wasn't for the way this next part of the <laughs> this book is written, which uh-huh. is it's a member of the iguana family. Like you care. Why are you attacking me, Jake? <laughs> Maybe I do care. Why are you why are you angry at me, the reader? <laughs> What's going on? I don't he just get got it. so much angst because he's a young teen. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. You're writing you're addressing me. Why are you you're trying to tell me your story about morphing animals? Why <laughs> I'm clearly invested. I'm 61% of the way through this book. What did I do to, to, to anger you? I just tried to be your friend, I Jake. do care, Jake. I care so much that I went and Googled iguanas. Just to prove you wrong, Jake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was my favorite line of this book. Like you care. Like you care. <laughs> I wish every I wish every book that was written in first person, like at some point, the narrator just turned on the audience. That would be a good way to know, like, who is actually paying attention to the boring parts of the book. It's like, why did you... If you think the audience isn't going to care about the specifics of the Anoli, why did you then include it? it? Like, I don't understand. Then don't write it. It's, I don't understand. You're not like... It's so weird. That's not characterization. That's nothing. So Jake morphs into the not an iguana and he discovers that there's an entrance to the year pool right in their school in the janitor's closet, which like it was very what? funny to me because he they, he's like, I saw the assistant principal and he like twisted a broom in a direction and it opened the door. Like, What kind of secret compartment door is this where you move a broom <laughs> around? And it opens like the janitor could just do that as part of his job on accident. Do you think maybe he fired all the janitors so that's to keep no his one, dark secret? 
I think and he must have. He must have or he yerked him. That okay, no. That explains so much because there is a moment earlier in this transformation scene where when he transforms, he falls to the floor of his locker as an anoli, a little lizard. And he realizes like that he's care. standing on something that's the size of a boulder, like I care. Um, <laughs> that he's standing on something the size of a boulder to him, a anoli, and that it's a wad of gum. Okay, how big of a wad of gum? <laughs> Even a small lizard. It's a lot of gum lot that of you gum. have there, my friend. I don't know. It was so. It was it in Jake's locker or outside? In of it? Jake's locker. Yes, because he's. Maybe that was a personal project he's been working on. I don't. On. I, another reason that Jake should not be the leader of this group in that case. <laughs> he collects used chewing gum. What you doing with all that gum, my boy? I don't know yet, but one chewing day it. you'll be happy I collected it. It's going to be the Chekhov's gum of this series. It's going to come back in a big way later on. I really hope so. I'm going to, I'm definitely any instance of gum now I'm going to be tracking. Keep, keep an eye on the keep gum. Keep an eye on the chewing gum. So mm-hmm. he finds his entrance and they're like, okay, well the only things we can morph into right now is Jake can be a dog. Tobias can be a cat and Cassie can turn into a horse. We need more options. So they go to the zoo and get more options. If they, let's see. So Marco becomes a gorilla. Um, Tobias becomes a hawk, and then, oh no, Tobias became a hawk earlier, because he was all like, I like being a hawk, I don't need to be any other animal. (laughs) They're like, why don't you pick something that, like, has any sort of of capability, and he's like, nah, hawk, though. (laughs) Um, I'm a hawk, man, don't need no one else. I'm a hawk, actually. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Jake Jake goes with tiger, but on accident. Yes, through a funny and series of events. <laughs> we don't know this at the time, but Rachel picks up Elephant, right? Because that's like a big twist later. Yes, which is like the best thing I think you could have gotten when you're trying to fight slugs. Yeah, and also everyone's like, she. I think she's the one who's like, I like dolphins, let's go do dolphins. And everyone's like, no, fuck you and fuck your dolphins. There's no water where we're going. Like if they were looking for a pool, though, surely there would be water. Like... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe an aquatic teammate wouldn't be so bad. But like, but what if like going into? So wait, 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 wait. So she goes in to this underground uh, labyrinth and eats as them. a girl, or does she go already as a dolphin? <laughs> because they have to keep their identity secret. Well, because they because they think that it is a small thing, uh-huh, uh-huh. right? So like, she walks down. They wait. If, if in their minds the situation is there is a little pool, I'm thinking like kiddie pool size but maybe a bit deeper where the yerks hang out they're not going to think there's going to be like 200 yerks that can eat them they're just going to think she goes down there turns into a dolphin swims down bite 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 kill the yerks that are in the pool and are defenseless (laughs) and at that point they're dead and it doesn't matter if anyone's seen them but she's got a belly full of yerk (laughs) that's pretty gross i'm just saying i don't I don't think that them being so dismissive of the dolphin idea was appropriate. Like, I think that also, Mm -hmm. I think you don't know what they're going to throw at you. You should diversify. Mm -hmm. Like, you've already got a big crushy thing. You've got the gorilla. Okay, tiger makes sense, but that was an accident. But, like, tiger makes sense. You need that that bite, bite, bite. Cool. Got that. Elephant, like, that's a little redundant. I feel like dolphin has more 
That's true. Uh, potential, you could... And it's not like they're limited. Yeah, you're pouring all your money into the tanks, and you need, like, a good navy. Like, what's happening, guys? Yeah. Not they good strategy. They should have just went and touched everything. Like, why did they only pick Every one animal, animal each? Well, I think that was because they were, like, getting in trouble for it. Oh, yeah, they weren't supposed to be at the <laughs> they zoo. They could only touch so many. Yeah. <laughs> so there was, like, limitations. But if your whole goal was, like, to create as diverse a force as possible... I don't know. I don't know that gorilla and elephant were both should both be on the team. Mm-hmm. Well, also like if they're at the beach, she could have done some spying because water at the beach is a thing. Yeah. 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 Yes. Missed this opportunity. Is my point. They're really Rachel- painting themselves into a corner. They're so blindsided by, by having strength and mass. They don't think about like the tactical advantages of having a more diverse squad. Like you don't, you don't pick out five fighters when you start a campaign. Like someone's (laughs) got to be the rogue. You need a ranger or a rogue. Yeah. Hashtag Rachel did nothing wrong. (laughs) Hashtag dolphins are rogues. (laughs) I think like also to backtrack a little bit, the whole fact that like Tobias was like, nah, man, I just want to be a hawk and stay a hawk. So should have been a red flag. Should have been a red flag because it's already been established that if you stay as an animal for two more than two hours, you become that animal permanently. You cannot mm-hmm. morph back. Right. And Tobias was just like spending all his free time as a hawk. <laughs> right. Right. Jake, you're not a good leader. You have to come, you have to think about the welfare of your of your team. <laughs> yes. And I get that no one actually cares about Tobi- about Tobias because nobody knows him except for Jake, really. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, Jake, I get that he's not your real friend. Cause that's like a thing Jake says at the beginning. It's like, Oh, Tobias thought he was my friend. I'm like, well, that's pretty rude. That's very rude, Jake. But like, also if he thinks he's your friend and you are teaming up to save the world together, I don't know, like maybe be like, Hey bud, everything. Okay. <laughs> that's the home right? life. I'm worried about you. You doing all right, buddy. <laughs> You're spending a lot of time with feathers. That's all I'm saying. Spend the night at my house or, you know, anything. Can we help you? Do you want uh, do you want to eat food that isn't roadkill? Like, let's go get a pizza. Let me remind <laughs> you of the joys of human food. That's got to be pizza, something, right? Video games, showers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Right. That boy is never gonna be able to shower again. <sighs> oh man. All I can do is like roll in sand or whatever it is hawks do to clean themselves. I don't know. Preen. I think that's chinchillas. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty close that's to chinch- hawk, if you ask me. <laughs> They're, like, pretty much the same animal. Yeah. Yeah. Also, though, like, thinking back on it, for some reason, my memories of the series as a child, I thought Tobias was the team leader. I Here's here's the thing. I, I meant to bring this up, actually. The, the, like, three things I knew about Animorphs going into this series was that um, they are young younglings who turn into animals. Aliens are involved. And there is a boy named Tobias who turns into a hawk and everyone is in love with him. Like, that's what Uh I knew about this series. That's it. So I also thought that Tobias was more important to the group because he's the only one whose name I knew going into this. Um, Yeah, same. But it's Jake. We're stuck with Jake. We have to deal with Jake. Yeah. Turns out Tobias is just, just means fuck all. He just wants to be a hawk, man. Tobias is just some bird. I'm very disappointed. Well, we'll have to see. Maybe maybe things will turn around for old Tobias. Maybe he grows a spine and becomes a hawk leader. I don't mm, know. That would be tight. 
Also, like, surely... Well, no, we'll get to that. We'll get to that once I explain what happens to Tobias. <laughs> so they they get their animals, and just like with no plan at all, they're like, let's just go to the Yerkful Man. Let's go in as humans, because they couldn't possibly know that we're not controllers. Um, and then just fuck shit up. Turn into animals and do something. And everyone's like, great plan, Jake. Thanks. Thanks for being our leader. <laughs> <laughs> You're so good and smart. <laughs> You're the best. Thank you. Um, except for it goes um, tits up immediately because Cassie gets kidnapped by that policeman that was asking questions earlier. Yeah. So they proceed with their bad plan, except for they've added on an additional sub plan, save Cassie. Mm. They go in, they turn into their animals, and apparently this place is awful because it's like, so the Yerks are being removed from people's brains. And then they, as their normal selves, they gain control of their body again, and they're, like, screaming and shouting and crying, and then they're shoved into cages until their slugs are done taking their bath. (laughs) And then, like, an assembly line, the slugs go back in their brains. Which, this is another question I have. Does it have to be the same slug to the same person? I was just going to ask. Is it, like, a hive mind slug thing, or what is going on? Like, wouldn't it... Wouldn't it make more sense if they have to, like, they have to take the slugs out every three days and the slugs have to rest, right? Like, wouldn't... Yes. Shouldn't there be, like, a... Shouldn't they have this on a better schedule, right? Like, you have a body come in, (laughs) you pop a slug out, and you immediately put a new slug that has already rested back in. Unless it does have to be the same slug, and these slugs have personalities and, like, families and dreams of their own, which that's a little too much for me to deal with um, at this point in the Animorphs (laughs) series. Uh, yeah, so like, either- Tom goes down, and he's like, hi, um, I'm here for my 3.30 spa appointment, I'm just gonna take a dunk in the pool, and then I'll get my deep tissue massage. <laughs> my 3.30 de-slugging? <laughs> yeah, um, and if you guys could just, like, burn some sandalwood incense during this whole process, that would really help me calm down a little bit. Just need to de-stress. And everyone's like, oh, man, Justifer is just such a such a type a like i can't stand him diva slug like what just put a different slug in there unless they unless they're individuals like i i i it's a bad it's a bad process it doesn't make it doesn't make sense from a clerical standpoint because then also you're giving all of the humans like if one of the humans ever gets out which spoiler alert one of them does you're giving Uh them like all this insight into your like slug operations like Surely you want it to be as quick and seamless, like slug in, slug out as possible. It just seems that they're running things poorly from an operational standpoint. I think we could really streamline the slug process. I really think we could. (laughs) They need to bring in an outside consultant and that outside consultant should be us. This is our application to be the... Oh, the administrators yeah. of the Yerk Army. Yes. Uh, I heard you needed an office manager for your slug yeah. spa. <laughs> Listen, if you just made more slugs to begin with or controlled fewer people until you had enough slugs <laughs> where you could just seamlessly take one out, pop another one in. Right. I think you'd even save if they a are individuals, right? Like even if they are individual slugs, uh-huh. like, why do they need to go back in the same body? But, like, if they get all the memories from the body, which I, I'm pretty sure we're supposed to assume they do, 
then like surely they would have all of the memories of whatever the other slug was doing in there so like they could seamlessly continue whatever that operation was it just seems like they're Mm -hmm. overly complicating things like they have these natural advantages and they're not using them they (laughs) they are not apex slug predators no that's why they're on earth they couldn't they couldn't survive amongst the cool aliens. <laughs> we'll show them. Someday we'll control a really cool alien species and then we'll take over the universe. <laughs> uh, they go in, uh they turn into their animals. They try to save the people that are in the cages, um, but they can't do it very good. And they save Cassie at least, and like and like one other person maybe. Um, and yeah, it's, then they it's all one person who rides out on Cassie's back because she's a horse. I should make clear. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, she turns into her horse form. Um, and like they almost save Tom, but then Tom, like who is deslugged at this point, Tom being Jake's older brother, Tom who is deslugged at this mm-hmm. point, like helps them get out, like fights back against his captors and is recaptured. So he's still sluggy. Yes, that there is still a conflict in Jake's perfect still got life. A bad case of the slug days. <laughs> yes. And Tobias gets left behind and he has to hide in the slug spa for more than two hours as a hawk, so he's stuck as a hawk. Um also I realized I forgot Which he absolutely did not have to do though. Oh yeah, no, he could have just like left or hid as a human like there's or hit just be human. like yeah i'm a slug boy <laughs> no he want. totally like he he escaped and then just like flew around yes for 100%. he was like eh, i really want to be a hawk but i need an excuse he's over there like counting down the minutes like he's perched like next yes. to a clock tower and is like all right all right oh let's see 118 119 and 120 there we go all right gonna go see jake gonna go tell him i'm a hawk boy now (laughs) my dreams come true (laughs) can't stop me now jake can't talk me out of my hockey dreams (laughs) i'm bird boy now (laughs) he goes up he rolls up to jake's place and he's like hey jake i'm a hawk and jake's like cool 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 turn back and he's like nah i can't stuck as a hawk sorry bad luck and jake's like it's been 49 minutes no 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 it's definitely been two hours jake's like listen tobias no 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 i don't answer to that name i answer only to my hawk name which is swift wind jake's like listen swift wind swift wind okay swift wind i have a watch it's been 49 minutes. I don't understand your human concepts of time anymore, Jakery. Like, this is, I don't know what to tell you. It's been two hours. I am a hawk. I won't take this abuse. Swift wing out. <laughs> I'm going to go catch a thermal. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, I also realized I neglected to uh, tell everyone about the big bad guy, which is Visser 3, which is the oh, only, yeah. the only Andalite to um, be controlled by a, a slug. And so he's extra mm-hmm. dangerous because he can morph into anything. And he only morphs into aliens because why would you morph into an animal when you could be an all-powerful alien? Yeah, of course. Which means that he's also an idiot because when he comes across the animorphs as they're 
attempting this rescue mission, Uh he's like, aha, fellow Andalites, you must be Andalites who survived and got down here. You're Andalites for sure because you're changing into animals and you're definitely Andalites who are changing into shitty earth animals (laughs) and not like giant anuses with teeth or whatever the fuck else is out there. Who can just destroy cities in a bite. Like, they're obviously not Andalites. Because, like, why would you be a fucking horse if you could be a space horse? Like, what? (laughs) Though, Though, I guess... On the flip side, maybe he hasn't been on Earth long enough to recognize Earth animals, and he thought they were just some really lame aliens. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, that giant monkey's going to breathe fire at me any second, I know it. (laughs) He's going to pull out some lasers. (laughs) That horse has guns for hooves. (laughs) Space horse. I want to be that horse. Uh, so I want to be a space horse with guns for hooves. <laughs> so that's pretty much the whole of this book. They it's the just an introduction to how book. to anamorph the rules of anamorphing, <laughs> who they're going to be battling. There was this is pretty much like they lost the battle, right? Um, they didn't. Mm-hmm. They're ineffective as a team, and that's all Jake's fault. Yeah, like it wasn't good. I mean, they saved that one person, but, like, who cares? They're probably a garbage person. Exactly, yeah. They're probably – well, maybe, though. Maybe it's one of the school janitors, and they have a clean school again. <laughs> I think they say it's the police officer, don't they? Because they're like, oh. Maybe. I thought they did because they said, like, Cassie – they don't have to worry about Cassie being recognized because the only person who knew was the police officer, and that's who she pulled out. I'm not sure, though. I could be making that up as a way to close a – plot hole i think i read that as like they killed the policeman and in my mind i was like yes that is the smart thing to do and i completely neglected the fact that this was a children's book starring 13 year old animals (laughs) they probably didn't kill the policeman no nope i think you're right i think they did kill that policeman because the person (laughs) who wrote out on cassie is a woman yeah okay yeah they killed that policeman that's fucked up they did no, yeah, they killed the policeman. Cause okay, here's what this is this is the the section. Okay. Okay, okay. The final count was exactly one human freed. The woman who rode Cassie's back, so the woman who rode Cassie's back up out of that hellish pit. And Cassie had gotten away clean. It had been the suspicious controller policeman who had grabbed her. He was the only controller to know her name, where she lived, and that she had been spying on the sharing. Cassie said we didn't have to worry about him anymore. She didn't want to talk about what had happened to him. Oh, my God. So that leads to more questions. Like, Cassie killed that guy, right? Or Cassie. How did she do that? She was a horse. More questions than answers here at the end of this Animorphs book. I know. I cannot wait to get to the second book in this series. I'm sure all of our questions will be answered in the second out of 54 books. Yes. So that kind of leads us. Let's. Uh, we've got we've got some special segments for this Animorphs uh, series we're doing. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, instead of our usual, because we thought they wouldn't quite fit with this uh, theme. Sorry if you were super looking forward to knowing uh, what our silver lining was for this book. <laughs> it was the whole book. It was a joy to read. It was the whole book. It was great. It was super fun. Um, let's start <laughs> with. Uh, most valuable morph. So who contributed the most to today's antics? 
and I think for as we go on, we might expand this out of our core Animorphs. But I think for right now, I want to keep it to the the five main characters here. And I got to go with Tobias. As much as um, mm. he's a damn liar about the hawk thing, he definitely wanted to be a hawk, and he's trying to make them all feel bad for him when this is his lifelong dream. Yes. Um, I don't think really anyone would have done anything if Tobias wasn't kind of like, hey, we should do things and not be fucking useless. <laughs> I agree. Tobias was very good. I think my most valuable morph would have to be, though, Cassie, because she possibly killed a Mm. dude. That's pretty metal. Yeah, that's true. I could also make an argument for Rachel, as much as I talked shit about the fact that they wouldn't let her be a dolphin. um, I think she was the one that wanted to be a dolphin, but she became an elephant instead. And the elephant was actually very helpful, like... I think I think here's my my order. I think it goes Tobias, Cassie, Rachel, Marco, fucking Jake. Jake's useless. Get rid of him. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, Marco wasn't good, really. Like, he was just kind of there. But, like, he at least was upfront about the fact that he yeah. wasn't going to be helpful in any way, shape, or form. Exactly. He stuck to his values, and I can respect that. Yeah, he was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. And he acted in a way that would indicate he didn't want to do that or be there. So, like, that was cool. Jake was kind of like... I guess I'm the leader, but I'm bad at it. So, Because Tobias said so. Tobias said I'm the leader, so I guess I'm the leader. I don't know. <laughs> Tobias led me to believe right. that I'm the leader. <laughs> um, what was your, then, most morbid moment? This is a children's series, a young adult series, but I think there are some pretty adult themes in some of this, mm-hmm. or, you know, just like, things that are more serious than a book about kids turning into animals would lead you to believe. So what, what was your most morbid moment? So there's a moment right after Rachel um, turns into an elephant where um, one of the controllers, a taxon, which is another, we haven't, so there's like the taxons and the hork are like the main groups that are being controlled. Uh-huh. Um, and the hork when we're introduced, they're like, chill i guess is their deal like they're nice um and the taxons are kind of assholes i think is kind of the vibe right they willingly became controllers and the hork bajir fought yes okay so we know this um but like they are sentient beings and there is a scene rachel turns into an elephant and fucking stomps on one of these things and the way it is described (laughs) is hella nasty the needle legs collapse cracking like broken twigs yellow goo oozed from the popped flesh of the big worm she kept rolling over him leaving behind a big extremely (laughs) disgusting pile of goo she got her back and rolled around (laughs) yes number one that is very metal that rachel did that but number two like to be fair to the Yerks, they're not killing anyone. They're just, like, enslaving them, which isn't great, and I'm not saying that's great. I'm not <laughs> saying it's good. You but were here first. We I don't know. Maybe from... Slavery. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not excusing their behavior. I'm just saying that they're not straight up murdering people and rolling over them and squishing their guts out <laughs> Like some elephant monster. She went to that so fast. 
she was, was this ready. This is literally she their was, first fight. This was like, their first fight. She had no qualms. She's got urges though. Dark Ugh. urges. And I mean, like, I guess, I guess you can kind of like extrapolate from the Cassie thing. Like Cassie apparently just straight up killed that policeman. We don't know if he was like, because they say that some of the humans agreed to this whole deal and yes. are like co-conspirators. We don't know if that was that policeman or not. That policeman might have just been like enslaved by these worms. And I guess Cassie killed him. I don't know. That's real fucked up, she ladies. Too hard, too fast. They all did. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? What was your uh, most morbid moment? <laughs> For me, my most morbid moment was just like the fact that these kids went into this like underground cave network filled with mm-hmm. the screams of humans yeah. yelling help me get out of my brain i want to be free and it didn't even phase them i but i don't they were like yeah this is pretty this is pretty like bad stuff guys but maybe maybe that's what it was maybe they heard these screams and that's what flipped the switch into kill mode well, one of them, I think it's Marco, is like, it's hell. It's actually hell. There are demons down here, and we're going to get eaten by demons. We're going to get et up. There are demons. I think I think it's Marco, because, you know, he's a little chicken shit who says that. Yes. But I don't think they're totally unfazed. But, yeah, definitely, like, I don't know. They I, I feel like less when they go down into it, because it's like, okay, but they're on a mission, more like yeah. they come back and for the most part they all just like go back home and go to bed. Like Yes, that's the thing. It's like Rachel and Cassie killed people. Well, aliens and a people, and they're just like sweet dreams. Like <laughs> bye. <laughs> like they need to have like a post uh battle like chill sesh around a fire pit and like talk about their feelings and how they definitely murdered some people and how also like there's a whole there's a whole like city of enslaved people under their fucking school and they're just like well I guess we gotta deal with this later like okay yeah all right all right I guess you do <laughs> but maybe not until the weekend because I have a lot of homework due this week like there's a book report right and I haven't even started the book so like it's one of those uh, it's yeah, one of those things where, like, that that's kind of, like, a popular trope, right? In, like, some um, media where it's, like, oh, plucky teens doing things uh, yeah. that the rest yeah. of the world doesn't know about. Like, you know, like, Buffy sort of thing. But like, Yeah, you got your Sailor Moons. You got your Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there comes a point, though, where, like, you can't go back to trigonometry, man. Like, yeah. Like, how does any of that matter anymore at all? Right. Like... I don't know. Maybe this will this will be addressed in later books as they deal with the consequences yeah. of finding out this whole sitch. But let's just get straight into those series theories then. All right. Well, less to do with that. Um, more my current theory. Um, what are the blue aliens' names again? I'm going to ask you this every time. Andalites. Thank you. Um, I think the Andalites are straight up evil. And I know that I'm wrong about this in the sense that there is a series written about the Andalites and they are apparently protagonists, but I don't buy that. I think they're evil. And here is my reasoning. Mm -hmm. Number one, as we've discussed, they seem to have some sort of psychic power that makes everyone chill out and think that they're like cool and friendly, which is like, that's automatically like, you're like fucking Jafar over, 
over here with your like snake staff hypnotizing people like into letting <laughs> me true. letting me marry your teenage daughter like that's some bullshit no don't trust Very it true. don't like it don't want it number two Okay, so the Yerks' whole thing, like their whole stees, right, is that they are little weak buggies and they don't have bodies that are big enough and strong enough to protect them from getting smush smashed, so they need to steal other people's bodies. That's bad and they should feel bad about it and there's no excuse for stealing bodies. We all agree. Correct. But, however, with that noted, if you are a little buggy afraid of being smush smashed and your whole culture has told you, like, Let's steal bodies so we don't get smish smashed. And then you come across this other species that's like, hey, guess what? We have magic fucking powers that can let you like not steal, but copy other bodies. And then you won't get smish smashed. Oh, my like, God. Why would you? You'd be like, yes. please share that with me. Right. Right. And can if I you were a responsible. Yes. And if you were responsible and light. You should be like, you are right. It is very clear that you are worried about getting smish smashed and the, that if we gave you this technology, even if we like, if we taught you about it, if we put limits on it, if we helped you like integrate it into your society, you could stop enslaving people and you could yes. just be a fucking zebra or whatever. You could just be. Yeah. So with that in mind, the fact that the Andalites are like just so worried about these little buggies when they obviously also they obviously could destroy them if they wanted to i don't know what the deal is like that needs some (laughs) serious explanation for me to buy the fact that these like super op fucking aliens that are like we can be a giant fucking laser gun if we lick it first like whatever (laughs) um i absorb the laser's dna right like i'm just like there's no way you couldn't beat these bugs. Like, there's no way. So there's something going on there with that, like, the Andalites, they want the Yerks to continue to play against all the other alien races. They want to use the Yerks to keep everything in check because they're the real assholes. Oh, my God. That makes so much sense. This is my current working theory. We will see how this plays out. Oh, my I, uh... I don't remember much about this series, but I really hope it goes the way that you said. Like, I couldn't think of anything more I would like. But it does seem a little bit um, sophisticated for this level of series. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen. But I will <laughs> I will look for signs in the background that it is happening. I, I like this idea of the, the Andalites just being, like, kind of these master manipulators. But, mm-hmm. like, what is the end goal, though? Are they trying to just wipe out a species or are they just bullies? Like what are they what are they what Okay, so here's here's my thought. They don't want to wipe anyone out because they are invested in having like great diversity of life in the universe, right? Right. Because right. they want to be able to copy stuff, right? So like I don't think they're interested in wiping anyone out. Which is why they have allowed the Yerks to continue as they do, because the Yerks are not a threat to the Andalites, but some of these other species might be. So if it's like a rock, paper, scissors thing, right? Like, they know they can beat the Yerks. The Yerks can beat these other things and keep them, like, by proxy, uh-huh. they're under the Andalites' control. So in that way, they are keeping these other species, which could be a threat to the Andalites, like... I don't know much about like the taxons, but like maybe if they got their shit together, they could like go fuck some Andalites up, you know? 
Um, so it's it's a delicate balancing game so that they okay. don't have to because like they could just destroy everyone if they really wanted to, but they don't want that. So it's really hard to keep other civilizations going, but uh-huh, not uh-huh. a threat to you, right? So they want to keep them like lower level than themselves. They want to like make sure there's enough shit setting them back that they don't rise up and become like the dominant power in the universe. And the Yerks are a really effective way of doing that because they like slow everybody's progress down. We have to fight the Andalite patriarchy. Yeah, 100%. The (laughs) The Andalites are the patriarchy and everybody else is like minority groups who are constantly told to fight each other so that they can't rise up and yes. smash the patriarchy that's all it is they it's try all to tell you they know what's best for you but mm-hmm. like honestly mm-hmm. we're more powerful than them and that's what scares them yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i love this theory i couldn't possibly come up with something better i also have a theory that at some point and this is more just like of where this book series is gonna go i have uh-huh. a theory and i don't think this is gonna happen but i really hope it does that at some point they're gonna realize that humans are animals so they're just gonna start stroking humans and then like be able to like turn into other humans because that would be tight if they all like that would be a good idea that jake will never right? think of like <laughs> <laughs> like I don't understand why they didn't have this thought like two seconds into this whole thing. They could be anyone. Mm-hmm. Wow. I should write the animorphs. You should. You are K A Applegate, the new K A K A Applegate. Do they need a new animorph series in 2019? Because uh, they need to call up E G Banana Door and get her. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> get her on the case because i I have a very reasonable rate (laughs) oh will you work for exposure (laughs) as as eg banana door (laughs) it's gonna be my professional name name, i'm sorry you said it you said it here it is now it is now truth it is now fact you are Forevermore. I'm changing my I'm changing my Twitter name to EG Bananador. That is a hundred percent the correct move. All right, cool. Well, I think that's pretty much all we have to say about this first installment in the Animorph series. It was a um a lot more than I thought we were gonna say. Yeah, for sure. We talked forever. Our whole plan about how like these would be shorter episodes is super out the door. Um, (laughs) But If you had fun with us talking about Animorphs, you can come on by next fortnight. We will be continuing the series with book number two, which is called... The Visitor. And it's narrated by Rachel. Yeah. So new narrator. Thank God I'm sick of Jake. (laughs) Yeah. I cannot wait. This On the cover of the book, Rachel is turning into a cat. Oh, good. I mean, that's that's definitely a morph we've already seen in this book so like cool way Mm -hmm, to keep it fresh mm -hmm. i guess but you know there's like literally almost every animal available still at this point in time for these children to turn into because Mm -hmm. they are very new to this and they chose cat cat again we did cat if we did cat let's do it again more cat (laughs) please that's what Ooh, i am excited though because um I kind of like looked ahead a little bit and it looks like by book four, we are going to be getting that dolphin transformation. So that's great. Oh, thank God. Thank, thank God. They God. finally stopped listening to Jake. 
Someone figured it out. If you need to get in touch with us for any reason, if you have a lead on your nearest slug spa and you want us to turn into horses and kill police officers, you can tweet at us at HateReadCast. Um, or you can wait, email wait, wait. us, HateReadCast <laughs> at gmail.com. I do feel we should not put out into the universe. We will turn into horses and kill police officers. Okay. Mainly okay. for that last part. All right. All right. Backtrack then. If <laughs> if you would like us to turn into horses and mysteriously disappear police officers. There you go. That's okay. That's not a threat. <laughs> That's fine. You can tweet at us at HateReadCast or email us HateReadCast at gmail.com. Hmm. Um, as always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes. And we are also located on all of the podcasting aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us, you are a loser. And you should definitely wow. do that. Wow, Anna. Very <laughs> harsh. Like you care. <laughs> uh, you should do that. Um, despite what I said, you should also leave us a five-star review because we're really cool, nice people. <laughs> and tell people about us with your mouth. Mm-hmm. Let them know we're starting this. They can jump in right here at the beginning of our slumber reading project. There's only one episode they got to catch up on yeah. to be in on all of the cool jokes we make about Animorphs. In the words of K.A. Applegate, eat the broccoli, Jake. It's good for you. It's full of trace minerals and vitamins you can't get anywhere else. What? What minerals are in broccoli <laughs> and nothing else? <laughs> the broccoli mineral. Obviously. Broccoli. It's very important for growing animorphs. <laughs> okay, there's one where she turns into a butterfly. Okay, I, there, there's probably one where they turn into a lot of things. <laughs> there's one where she turns into, like, a Anna, I need tentacle. you to focus. There's a cow... No, it's too late. Hold on. I told you. I was going to... I'm on number 30. Here he's turning into a cockroach. That's going to be an interesting one. Yes. Number 32, the separation. Rachel turns into a starfish, and it is fucking hilarious looking. Look it up on, on Wikipedia, please, guys. It's hysterical.